This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good morning, everyone. So brilliant to see you. I'm a year older since I saw you last. Actually, a decade older, but we won't go into that, will we? Age is only a number. Yes, and 50 is the new 30, isn't it? Absolutely it is. So Glenn is in, uh, which country is he in now? He's in uh, Manila in Philippines today, and he's just done church. He's eight hours ahead, is that right? Yeah, eight hours ahead. Uh, And so he sent me a video of church this morning, which was in, in the outdoors, because it was really hot and it looked absolutely fantastic. So he sends his love to you. And it's great to be back in ABC. So thank you for having me. And my lovely daughter, Rebecca, is with me today. Woo! And she was my, she was my chauffeur. So she drove up uh, most of the way in her little Peugeot. Um, because I drive a Volvo. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a Volvo girl, darling. I'm not a Mercedes girl. Uh, I'm a Volvo girl. But don't be deceived. Because my Volvo is about 16 years old. Um, my kids call it a hearse uh, because it's one of these old Volvo estates, you know, the really comfortable ones. So it's mega comfortable. It's massively economical. I can go like 700 and odd miles on a tank, 800 miles on a tank. You seem to hardly ever need to fill it up. Really cheap to insure because it's old and it's high mileage. But I like it. I've even got a tape cassette player. Oh, come on. We know how to live down in Cornwall, you know. I've got a CD player and a tape cassette player. Now, I bet you haven't got one of those in your car, have you? You've got one of those lovely screens that you touch and an aux cable. I haven't, I haven't quite got there yet. Uh, I've dug out all my old tape cassettes. And some of you don't even know what a tape cassette is. <laughs> Speak to Phil afterwards and he'll, 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 uh, he'll enlighten you about how it was back in our day. That's right. That's right. Yes. We used to record on a Sunday afternoon the charts on a cassette, didn't we? Oh, come on. We really knew how to live back in those days. And then we would play that tape cassette. Yeah, that's right. We would treasure it with all our hearts. Yeah. Anyway, so I drive an old Volvo. I park it on my driveway uh, where we've got space for a couple of cars. I've got a problem with the central locking because it is old. And so I have to lock it with a key. So occasionally, please forgive me for that, but sometimes I don't lock it. I know it's terrible, but I do lock it since this particular thing happened to me. So a few months ago, Glenn was away again, he was abroad, and I was preaching in Falmouth um, Baptist Church, which is about 20 minutes from where we live. And so I got out from the house early on my Sunday morning, 20 to 10, my bag, my Bible, all my stuff. I put the key in the door of my Volvo to unlock it, realizing I hadn't actually locked it. But it looks good to the neighbors, doesn't it? When you at least attempt like you are unlocking it, that looks like you do lock it. Do you know what I mean? So I put the key in, and of course it went really quickly because it was open. I thought, oh, gosh, silly me, I haven't locked it again. And as I looked into my car, there was somebody asleep on the back seat. I kid you not. I nearly jumped out of my skin. Well, I looked looked in. 
It wasn't Glenn. <laughs> and it wasn't one of my kids. Although this young man, who was, he had black jeans on and no top. I was like, oh, good gracious me. Um, I thought it was my son, my eldest son, who was 23, who's, who has been living in Plymouth. I thought, oh, Josh is home. What's he doing in the back of my car? He, why is he in the house? Because he's got a key. This is like really random. So I, in this fleeting moment, I'm thinking, Josh is home and he's asleep in the backseat of my car. That's bizarre. Glenn is abroad. What on earth is going on? But as I was in these split second sort of thinking, what on earth is going on here? This person sat up. And as he sat up, I realized it wasn't my son. And it was somebody else. And I opened the door and I said, excuse me, what are you doing in my car? And he went, what? What? I said, you're in, you're in my car. Oh, am I? What? What? And he's like this, what? And I said, are you okay? Are you, do you know what I mean? Can you please get out of my car? <laughs> like I'm going to preach. So I was trying to keep really calm and really Christ-like and <laughs> keep my composure. I said, please, can you get out from my car? And I said, are you, are you ill? Are you okay? Are you injured? Is there something going on? Or did you have rather a lot last night and you found your way into some random person's car? He says, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. And, and I said, so please, can you get out of my car? And I hope it was very comfortable for you. Volvos are known for their comfort. Um, so he went to get out of the car, uh, left his iPhone on the back seat, which I then had to return to him a few days later. And as he was getting out of the car, he says, are you Josh Chaplin's mum? Yes. So at that point, was I going to say, yeah, come in for bacon and eggs then, if you know my son. <laughs> and um, he says, I used to play golf with Josh. Right. Okay. So I said, but I... You know, I still think you need to get out of my car and <laughs> it's nice to meet you. And, and off he went. And I almost felt a bit bad and needed to give him a lift home. Um, but anyway, and two days later, I returned his iPhone to him because I found out where he, who he was, where he lived, where he worked. But rather foolishly for me, I left my door wide open. And it was my fault, wasn't it? I left, I created an opportunity for him, didn't I? It was daft, and I haven't done it since. I do tell Dad, Dawn, that I do lock the car now on the driveway. I, I left the door open, and I created an opportunity. He saw an opportunity. He, he went in through the door and had a lovely night's sleep. He left his kebab box uh, on the floor, left his iPhone. iPhone 6? I thought, hmm, nice phone. Um, but I did return it to him, and I did my part. But the door was wide open for him. And he took, uh, he took the opportunity. And I want to speak this morning about the God of the open door. God in the scriptures is very much the God of the open door. We sang in our opening song about how we need to be brave to, to take steps when there are openings for us and when God opens the door. We need to be brave, courageous people of faith. We don't need to be passive where we just sit in our safety and stay in our safety and say, stay with everything that is familiar all of the time because we'll stagnate. I think God is a God of opportunity and he's a God of the open door. Yeah. He Isn't is. he? Yeah. 
is the God of the open door. And I want to really encourage you this morning, almost with like a prophetic word, that for you, he's the God of the open door. And for you as a church, he's the God of the open door. And um, I think there's a lot that we can learn from this as we just grasp this and say, Lord, I want to live every day realizing that you are the God of the open door. So sometimes God is the God of the closed door. Have you ever noticed that in your life? Sometimes doors close and we are still, we're, we're hanging on the door handle and we're like, we're still trying to force the door. And God has closed the door. Because life is about chapters and seasons, isn't it, sometimes? And doors open, which is why I want to predominantly look at this morning. But God sometimes closes the doors. I'm so glad for those times in my life where God clearly closed the door. Because <laughs> if you hear Paul Scanlon preaching a fantastic sermon I heard a number of years ago, he says that very often rejection is God's direction. So have you ever gone for a job interview and you, you, really, you really think, I could nail this, I could really get this job. I've got the qualifications. If I nail this interview, I think God's going to open up this door for me. And you don't get the job. You think, oh, for goodness sake, I did a really cracking interview. I was shortlisted. I, my portfolio was there. My CV's there. I really tried hard to get that job. And God says, that, that door for you is closed. But thank God for those doors that he closes. Because that's the way that he guides us sometimes. Thank God for the door that he sometimes closes in relationships or in circumstances or or, or even when you go to buy a house. You want to buy that house. You wish you could buy that house. And God sometimes will close the door. He says, no, but when he closes one door, he opens another. And he'll open a better one. And so thank you, Lord, that sometimes you close the door. Because whenever a door is closed, like the door for my Volvo, which should have been closed and locked... It's for safety reasons, isn't it? You lock a door to keep us safe, don't you? It's for safety and protection. And sometimes God will lock the door and and close the door and say, that door is closed for our safety and our protection. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough that you will sometimes close the door. Because do you know what? God knows better than us sometimes. And he closes the door, but he also opens doors. And so thank you, God, that you have been kind enough to me in my life to shut a few doors. Yeah, you really have. You have been so good to me for my safety and for my protection. You shut a few doors. My friends sometimes tease me that in in my life, I've had a few boyfriends. Okay? It's a bit of a standard joke. Okay? So it was a bit like that, it seemed. But thank you, Lord, that you shut quite a few doors for me. And you opened one beautiful door for me. So thank you, God, for every closed door, because that's your love for me, because you want the best for me. And I'm not fighting that. I have not got my hand still on that door trying to force it open. If you have shut the doors because you love me so much and I'm safe, I'm I'm safe, totally safe in that, in that, in that love. We got front doors, we got back doors, we got emergency doors, we got revolving doors. We went to a great big, huge uh, new IKEA, Rebecca and I, on our way journeying up the, um, whatever day it was, Friday. And it was a massive revolving doors. And, and, and it was absolutely huge. You could go to 20 people in each section. And we, it took forever to get where we needed to get. But thank God he's not a God of revolving doors where he spins us around in circles, where we almost like back where we started, back where we started. He, he opens doors in order to lead us on. He closes doors in order to lead us on. But he's not the God of a revolving door. He's the God 
of the open door. He's the God that gives us access into places we never thought were possible. Yeah? Yeah. Because a door will always give you access to somewhere, won't it? Whether it's into your back garden or into your house or into your conservatory. God is the God who gives access. We read this in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. It says this, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the keys of David. Thank God he holds the keys of the door, doesn't he? Jesus says of himself, I am the door, actually. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Or what he shuts, no one should keep trying to open. Yeah? Yeah. When he shuts it, let him shut it. Because he's keeping you safe. I know your deeds, he says to the church in Philadelphia. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you've got little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. It talks there of the closed door and of the open door. Don't try and reopen again what God has already closed. When you fly on an aircraft, was the very last thing they do. They do that big door thing, don't they? You know, when it says it's all cross-checked and it's all, it's all done, isn't it? That door is locked and sealed for our safety. In the life of Paul the Apostle, he knew lots of experience where he was walking in such a way where he was expecting God to open doors for him with the gospel. But there was times when, like Acts 16, verse 6 to 7, he was, it says that he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. God closed the door there. That was like, Paul must have thought, that's weird. Because my heart is right, my intentions are right, my qualifications are right, my calling is right, and still God has closed the door. Timing. Places and locations. Thank you, Lord, that for whatever reason that you see fit, you shut the door to Asia, but... The verse goes on to say, but I went to Phrygia and Galatia instead. Because when God closes one, because the timing isn't right, the place isn't right, the people isn't right, the setting isn't right, or for whatever reason that God thinks best, instead he will open up something else. Because he's not a killjoy. He doesn't shut doors just to keep us trapped. He opens doors to make us free, doesn't he? He opens up doors uh, to, to give us opportunities. He opens up a portal. He gives us access into things that we never thought Uh, were possible. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. He calls us always to walk by faith and not by sight. He creates opportunities. And sometimes, you know, we need to be those sort of people that are living every day with 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 our hand on the door handle of opportunities that God will. Every morning when I wake up, I say to the Lord, what have you got for me today? What opportunities have you got for me today? It's a prayer that I pray every day. What people am I going to meet today? What words are you going to put in my lips today? Because an opportunity isn't necessarily a great big project or a great big career move. An opportunity is a, is a conversation. Isn't it? So every day, God would give us people that we can speak to. God would give us an, an, an opening into somebody else's heart and life into which we can 
speak. Only this week, as I was walking, doing my work, going through the hospital, I was on my way to uh, intensive care to, to visit a very, very poorly patient. On my way there, because I'm praying these prayers, Lord, just create opportunities for me wherever I go. As I was walking through a corridor, I found a lady standing by, by a window by, um, on, on, with her handbag and all the bits and pieces on a little shelf, drying her eyes and uh, just about to replenish her makeup. And as I walked by, I thought, this lady is sad. And I just came alongside like that, and I said, are you okay? And I created an opportunity and an opening, didn't I? You, you just say, are you okay? And she burst out tears. She said, my husband's had a massive stroke. I've just been to the restaurant to have some, uh, something to eat. I'm devastated. I can't stop crying, and I need to just top up my makeup before I go back in to see him. And I said, let's have a few minutes together. I looked for an opportunity. I looked for an open door. I had my handle on the door there, and I, God, opened the door for a conversation, for some pastoral care, for some support. Doors are opened by the Lord, and, and Paul says this so many times in his, in his writings. In Colossians, he, reads, he, re, he writes this, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we've always got to be keeping one eye open for opportunities and doors that will open wherever we go, however we live. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that we may proclaim it clearly as I should, being wise in the way that you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. What a way to live. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So God opens doors. It may be something as simple as a conversation. It may be something as massive and profound as a career change or a new relationship or a new opportunity that God will make for you. But he is the God of the open door. Isn't that exciting news this morning? We should look for opportunities. We should look for ways to step out in faith. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9, he says... um, let me read it to you. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9 says, But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost. And this is the reason why. Because a great door for effective work has opened to me, Paul says. Yeah. I'm going to stay in Ephesus because there's a door open here. And you know what? I, I really want to live in such a way where I, where I see, see the doors and see the opportunities. Isn't that an exciting way to live? rather than just existing and stagnating, where we're just looking for the doors. It goes on to say, the second half of the verse, but open doors sometimes involves opposition. Because when God opens a door for you, somebody next to you might feel a bit jealous. When When God opens a door for you, somebody else next to you might feel a bit negative. Oh, be careful. Please be careful. Don't do anything rash. When you know in your heart, maybe God is opening a door in this particular way. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd be very careful if I were you. Negativity. Or sometimes we, j- we may not go through an open door because we're just not comfortable with change. 
And change can be really hard. But an open door for one person may mean a closed door for another. So that's why sometimes other people struggle with that, isn't it? An open door for me might mean a closed door for you. So we must be sensitive to one another whilst taking every opportunity that God has for ourselves. Jesus says that we are called to ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find and knock and the door will be opened to you. So is it wrong to live in such a way where we've got our hand on some handles of some doors that we hope that God would open up for us? Is it wrong to live like that? Say, I'm not kicking that door open. I'm not forcing that door open. I long for that door to open. Is it all right, I think, maybe, to say, for Paul to say, I would love to preach in this place. I would love to preach in this place. I've got my door on the handle there. And if God so wills, I would love for God to open up a door in that regards. I'm not forcing it. I'm not forcing the lock. I'm just saying, Lord, my, my hand is, I'm praying about this. I'm, I'm knocking. I'm knocking that door. Because one of those doors will open one day. It's a door. Yay, that's nice. It's a door of opportunity. Do you know where I live and where I work um, is very close to Truro Cathedral? And I don't know quite why this is, but at Christmas time, I always go there to, to carol concerts and that. And this Christmas, while I was in Truro Cathedral, I sat there thinking, oh, I'd love... Is it wrong to even think this? But I did. I'm sorry. I confess my sins. I sat there thinking I'd love an opportunity to do something in this cathedral. It's our cathedral city. Our hospital is a mile and a half up the road. Imagine being able to do something in this cathedral. I thought it may involve something with my hospital choir, or, but I thought, imagine the opportunity to even speak from that pulpit and say God's word. Whoa. I sat there just dreaming, okay, because I'm a bit of a dreamer. I thought, God, imagine an opportunity to do something here. Ten days ago, I get an email now, I can't go banging down the door of the cathedral saying, excuse me, I'm Sarah Chaplin. I would like to come and preach here one day. That's random, isn't it? It's so not what you do. But I would say I've had my hand on the door handle. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, say, Lord, I long for an opportunity. Get an email 10 days ago from the, the canon or one of the deans of the cathedral. Dear Sarah... Uh, the canon and the dean of the cathedral would like to invite you, listen to this, to come and speak in the cathedral. Wow. It's the truth. On the 12th of May, on a Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and it's a service that's called Remember Our Child. It's going to be one of the hardest services perhaps I've ever spoken at. So you've got to be careful what you ask God for sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. Remember Our Child. It's for the whole of Devon and Cornwall. It's held in the cathedral. It's for people who have lost a child uh, from baby right through to adult through illness, trauma, or lost in service. And we'd like you to speak. Wow. But I've had the door, I've had my hand on the handle. And I had a desire. Is that all right, do you think? Yeah. It's really good. And God has opened the door. And in opening the door, I jumped on the bandwagon and I said I could bring my hospital choir. Yeah. 
and we could sing. I could bring 25 and we could sing songs of comfort and hope and peace as part of the service and they've grabbed that as well. What an opportunity. But you've got to have a desire to not be in that stagnant. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. To say, Lord, I want to just nudge some doors sometimes. I want to write a book. I've started. (laughs) I got my hand on the handle of writing a book. It's called Single-Handed. Good, isn't it? Am I good? (laughs) I can't find anybody else that's written one of that title. It's called Single-Handed. And the the structure of it has come to me. And my hand is on the handle. And I'm asking God that the door will open. Because your your story is so powerful. Because no one can argue with your story, can they? Because your story is your story. Your story is God's story. So we've got to live with our with our door on the ha- our hand on the door handle, yeah. not forcing the doors, not kicking open closed doors, but being surrounded by doors that have the potential to open yeah. for you as an individual, for you as a church, for you and your teams. Say so you are the God of the open door, Amen. and that is a really really exciting journey. Yeah. Desire uh, and oh sorry, desire and expect great things. William Carey says, expect great things from God. Attempt great things uh, for God. Coming back to the whole single-handed thing. Last week, I also got another random email from a consultant in our hospital. And he says, hi, Sarah. It's, um," I won't say his name because of confidentiality. We've just scanned a lady who's expecting a baby. And she's greatly distressed because... On the scan, it revealed, 20-week scan, it reveals that the baby's got one hand. And she's greatly distressed. Now, that lady has an option to terminate that pregnancy. That breaks my heart, to be honest. Because life is so worth living when Jesus is there. So this consultant says, can you meet with her? I said to her, don't, don't make any big decisions. I want you to meet somebody. And her name is Sarah. Next week, Thursday, Tuesday, I'm meeting her for coffee. I've spoken to her on the phone. She says, I'm keeping the baby. And I'm looking forward to meeting you. That's the God of the open door. It's the God of the open door. I don't go looking for the openings, but I say to God, I've got one hand. I'm chilled with that. It's all okay. Okay? It's all fine. It could be a whole far lot worse than that. But that's an opening and an opportunity to touch other lives. Mm. Say, Lord, my hand is always on that door to open up that door. 24 years ago, Before I had my own children, I wrote a letter to a well-known footballer at the time. Some of you older gents would probably know this name. His name was Gavin Peacock. Sorry, am I talking too long? No, no, no. Um, His name was Gavin Peacock. At the time, he had played for Chelsea, and at the time when I wrote to him, he was playing for Newcastle. Anybody know that name, Gavin Peacock? John McGuinness, you should know. Gavin Peacock. (laughs) Gavin Peacock, his name was, married to a lovely wife called Amanda, and Gavin Peacock's wife, Amanda, gave birth to a baby boy with one, one arm, whose name was Jake. I read it in the newspaper. Remember the days when we used to have printed newspapers? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, good old days. In the Daily Mail, I saw a little bit saying he's taken a bit of time out from football because his wife's had a baby boy and he's going to be supporting his family. I thought, okay, he needs a letter then, doesn't he? Gavin Peacock needs a nice letter. I wrote a lovely letter to Gavin Peacock saying, I'm Sarah. Um, I read that you and your wife have, have had a lovely baby son called Jake. Congratulations on, you know, his safe arrival, etc. But I understand exactly where you might be at right now. The whole future lies ahead of you and you think, how on earth is this going to be? How is he going to tie shoelaces? He won't be able to be a footballer, will he? If he can't tie shoelaces... So what, he won't be able to follow in his father's footsteps. How will he be able to drive a car? For goodness sake, how do you drive a car with one arm? He won't be able to be. He won't be able to do this, and he won't be able to do that, and he won't be. So I said, I understand where you're at. The whole future is before you, and it's scary. But I just want to just tell you a little bit about myself and my life and where I'm at. I put some photographs in of doing different things, and I wrote him a long letter. And I had a gorgeous letter reply <coughs> from him um, and his wife saying that that letter had just made a difference because there was my hand was on the door. Mm. <laughs> and you read in a newspaper, you think, ooh, I see an opportunity <laughs> and I'm going to open that door and I'm going in. Hello, I'm Sarah. I can help you and I can support you and I can tell you it's going to be okay because my hand is on the door. My hand is on that door for writing my book. My hand is on that door of the cathedral. My hand is on that door while I'm a hospital chaplain wandering around the place making a difference in people's lives. My hand is on that door for something else. My hand is on that door as my husband is abroad, changing the world in Manila, preaching the gospel to people underneath a tree. We, my hand is on that door for something else. My hand is on that door for something else. I'm not in a revolving door, but I've got a door a handle that I'm holding on to because I want to live by faith, not by sight. So I wrote to Gavin Peacock, gorgeous reply back. Jake is now 24. Gavin Peacock, retired from football, moved to Calgary in Canada, became (coughs) somewhere along the line, whether he already was or whether, I'm not sure, he's a Christian. And all his family, Gavin Peacock is now a minister, a preacher, a pastor. Gavin Peacock is in Calgary, Canada. Jake Peacock, now aged 24 and a half, has won 94 competitions in high-level karate. He owns a martial arts academy. He's got one hand, mate. He says, I've never had a doubt in my mind about being able to do many things. Remember once he was a little baby? And his parents thought, how's he going to tie shoelaces, leave alone? How do you do karate with one arm? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Probably use your legs a lot more, I should imagine. He says, I'm really enjoying my life. This is definitely what I was made to do and what God had planned for me. Wow. How awesome is that? So awesome. But once upon a time, somebody wrote a letter, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And opened the door and says, hello, it's going to be okay. Imagine if it could all be okay, better than your wildest dreams. And somebody else came into their lives and said something else. And God opened doors for them as a family that they are now living that level of life. How wonderful is that? See, even that disability was not a closed door, was it? Even that in itself was an open door. Even this in itself is a wide open door. 
Say, thank you, Lord, for the shut doors. I'm okay with that. And thank you, Lord, for the open doors, because I'm super okay with that. I am so okay with that. And I'm pursuing that every day. Give me openings. Give me opportunities. Help me to live like that. We sing that song, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would lead me. Doors will open for us as we walk by faith and as we stick close to the scriptures. God will never open a door that causes us to sin or causes us to displease him in some way. He always wants the best for us. He always wants to keep us on track. He always wants us to walk by faith. When God opens a door, you know it is really right. It's often confirmed by other people, isn't it? Just confirmed in your heart, you know, this, this door is right for me. But that door may be something really, what you think is really tiny, but in God's eyes is really massive. God wants to take us to places that he will show us, just like Abraham, as he set forth in God's plan. God led him into places that he, he would show him. I want to be that sort of person like Abraham, walking, walking by faith, not by sight, walking through open doors. Living with a door on the door handle, not of the doors that God has closed, so I try and force it open, but with a door on the handle of every opportunity and every opening that God will make, every opportunity for the gospel, every opportunity to give God glory, every opportunity to speak a word of truth that could absolutely transform your life or somebody else's life, every opportunity to bring a word of peace and a word of hope. Pray for me as I stand up in the cathedral. I, I got no clue what am I going to say to three, four hundred people who have all lost a child. <laughs> but the, the door's been opened. And God will put words in there that will go into the open door of every heart. What an opportunity. What an opportunity we have to live in this way, knowing the God of the open door. Thank God he closes the doors. And thank God this morning that he opens the doors. He opens prison doors. He opens doors of opportunity. He opens the doors of our heart. Primarily, it starts with that, doesn't it? He opens our heart. When, when I was a child, there was always that expression, open up your, the door of your heart to the Lord. Isn't it? Open the door of your heart. And it begins with that. Maybe this morning, you've never opened the door of your heart to let Jesus in. That is the most incredible thing you could ever do. Having opened the door of your heart, then God will open every other door as you walk the Christian life of faith. So thank you for listening. Let's be people that live knowing the God of the open door, taking every opportunity to walk in his ways and give him glory.